when I agreed that you guys could do that, I didn't know it would be such a difficult act to follow. Let's give them a hand. There are some moments in life that just sort of stick with you. They just get in your brain, and, and you can remember them. It's like a video plays over and over in your head. I'm, and I'm sure you've all had those moments. I had one this week. It was a minor moment, but it was special to me, and it will be for the rest of my life. Sorry, all the singing give me emotional. Uh, it's been a busy week, as you know, if you work in the church, it's busy. We've got, we had the Seder, we had Palm Sunday, we, we celebrated Jesus coming into Jerusalem as the Messiah, the King. We had our Seder, which we learned about what it meant to, Passover meant to the Jews and what it means for us. And then we had our Good Friday service where we mourned Jesus having to die on the cross, as Jesus said, or <laughs> Josh said, sorry Josh, but it's a good thing to be called. <laughs> as Josh said that we're the ones that put Jesus on the cross. And then we got up and we welcomed our community in through our spring fling and had a great time. And this morning we had a sunrise service. It, let's just say it's been a busy week for me, all right? Not to mention it's tax week for Michelle, so we've just been busy all the way around. And so on Wednesday, I was taking a little bit of extra time with Amelia. We were hanging out, and I told her, it's time for me to go to work. And she started crying, you know, kids get upset, they want to spend time with their dad, and I love it that she wants to, but you know, I also needed to go to work. I had a lot to do that day. And so I sat down, I got down on her level, and I looked her in the face and said, Amelia, do you like bacon? I said, yes, of course, I'm an American. I said, daddy has to go to work so he can bring home the bacon. Fast forward later in that day, I come home at lunchtime, and I'm sitting there eating, and Amelia comes and looks at my plate, and she says, where's your bacon? <laughs> Amelia, it was a precious moment. I'm going to remember that all my life. Well, this Holy Week that we've been talking about, that is so vital to the life of the church, was something that I'm sure for those disciples of Jesus, the men and women who followed him, that they would never, ever forget. Jesus the promised Messiah coming into Jerusalem, the Passover meal. Jesus saying that one of you will betray me. The prayers on the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus getting betrayed, arrested, tried, tortured, and hung on a cross. Those moments they would never forget until the end of their life. But you know, we wouldn't have heard about any of this if three days later, Jesus had not been resurrected from the dead. Amen. This is the greatest moment, not just in the history of the church, this is the greatest moment in the history of humanity. No day before, no day since, and no day ever will compare to the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That's why it's such a big deal. That's why we all put on our Sunday best, our Easter best. The girls dress up and they come and they sing. We have special music because we want you to know that this is a day of celebration like no other. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be reconciled, but was resurrected from the dead. That was so vitally important because it means that everything that Jesus said and did is true and real. Guys, it's real. You can believe in the resurrection. You can believe in Jesus, and you can have faith, and there is no greater thing than to believe in the resurrection. Today, we're going to talk about three things from the resurrection. The first, that even though there are, there are Fridays where it feels like our world is ending, right? We know that there are our darkest days. But if you follow Jesus, there is always a resurrection. 
The second thing is that when we follow Jesus and we're obedient to what Jesus tells us to do, we will experience him. And the third is that when we experience a resurrection, we are called to go and tell. Do not be afraid, but go and tell. Our scripture comes from Matthew chapter 28. Now Matthew is probably the most dramatic of the gospels. So on his, resur- or on his day that he was crucified, when he is crucified, there is darkness. The veil is torn in two. There's earthquakes and the dead come out of the ground. So much so that a centurion says, this is the son of God. This is a big deal. Matthew wants us to, to experience every moment, to be etched in our minds of what happened so that we could celebrate. And you can imagine how the women and the disciples, the women who are disciples and the followers of Jesus felt. They felt crushed. They felt abandoned. This was the man who was supposed to be the Messiah. Messiahs do not die. Messiahs do not lose. They win. And so the disciples, the men, the faithless ones, they go and they run and hide. Because a lot of times when your leader gets put on a cross, you're the next one. And so they're terrified. And they're hiding. But the women... It's the when all four Gospels talk about this. And so this is one way we can know the story of the resurrection is true. Because we believe as the church that men and women are equal, that we are both created in the image of God, right? But that's not the way society has been through the history of time. And especially at this time, women could not testify against you in court. And so if I'm making up a story about something, I'm not going to have women be the witnesses. So how do, one way we know it is true is because it's women who are the witnesses, They're the faithful ones. They're the ones who show up. And this is the story for us this morning. Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath on the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Look, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, coming to the stone, and he rolled it away and sat on it. Now his face was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he has been raised from the dead, just as he said. Come, see the place where they laid him. Now hurry, go and tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead, that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. I've given the message to you with great Fear and excitement, they hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus meted them and greeted them. They came and they grabbed his feet and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that I'm going to Galilee and that they will see me there. What a dramatic story. Can you imagine being able to tell people generation after generation, this is what happened? We believed in this guy. He was killed. He died on a cross. This is the instrument of torture for the most powerful empire in the entire world. And they used the cross to shame their enemies, to say, look, we've hung your loved one, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Watch them suffer. And then Jesus, through this resurrection, And he takes and he redeems that symbol and makes it the symbol of resurrection and life and hope. But can you imagine the emotions they were feeling from the lowest lows? They were crushed. They were broken. Everything they believed in, everything they had hoped for, this new thing that God was doing that they had said, we are going to follow Jesus wherever it takes us, was lost. 
And then there was, on his death, there was these strange things happening. There was darkness, and there was an earthquake, and the dead were coming up, and maybe there was a little bit of hope, but he was still dead. They put him in the tomb, and they want to go and see, because they were so, so sad, so broken. Only two of all the people who followed Jesus, only two show up in this story. And they get to the tomb. And then all of a sudden, the earth begins to shake. There's a lightning strike. An angel of the Lord appears. Now, there were a couple guards there because they had heard the stories that Jesus would, be, would rise again in three days. And so they wanted to make sure that his disciples wouldn't go steal his body. And so they sent guards. They sealed the tomb. But those guards, they were shook. I mean, that's actually what it says. They were shaking on the ground because of all these things that had happened. There was an angel. There was lightning. There was an earthquake. Can you imagine what it was like to be a part of this? To see this and all of a sudden, all your brokenness and you're turning into hope and joy and saying, he is alive. He is resurrected. Everything we believed, it's all true. It is real. It is real. He is the son of God. Can you imagine the hope and the joy welling up inside of them. And so the angel comes and he says, do not be afraid. Yeah, right, of course. I mean, earthquakes, lightning, guards shaking on the ground, angels, white, scary. <laughs> do not be afraid, but go and tell the other disciples. Now, it's really interesting that this is the order this happens because the angel tells them to go and tell. And then when they do what the angels say, and they, they put feet to pavement, and they're on their way to go and tell the disciples, the other disciples, that is when they meet Jesus. Isn't that a fascinating order? We usually want it the other way, right? Okay, show me Jesus, and then I will be obedient. And sometimes God is faithful to that. But most often in life, God shows up when you are obedient. God wants to see you put feet to the pavement. The greatest moments in my life of faith have been when I have been faithful to what God has called me to do. So if you want more Jesus in your life, be faithful, be obedient. So as they're going, they meet Jesus, and he says, do not be afraid, but go and tell. So what does this mean for us this morning? Of all mornings, what does it mean for us today? I think it's three very important things. We all have Fridays that are dark we all have Fridays when all hope seems lost. We all have Fridays when we are broken because of our own sin, because of our neighbor's sin. Maybe we have a broken marriage or our finances are all in a wreck or we've made bad decisions and it's all just coming back at us. Maybe it has nothing to do with us. Maybe it's people we love hurting us and we are just broken and we are crushed. But here's the good news of Jesus Christ for us this morning is that when you are broken and when you are crushed, no matter how bad it gets, there is always a resurrection. There is always a dawn where the tomb is opened and the stone is rolled away and there's earthquake and there's angels and there's Jesus saying, do not be afraid, but go and tell. It was a really interesting week because we had the fire at Notre Dame in Paris and thankfully they were able to put it out. But I came across this one story of a CNN reporter who was interviewing a priest and they, the, pre, the reporter kept wanting to talk about all the art and the relics, and, and that's really important. Those things were made by human hands, and they could be made again. And so the priest, all he could do was talk about the resurrection. He wanted to talk about how this was a symbol of how God always comes after the darkest day. 
that the church burning, that it would be resurrected, that it would provide new hope. It had been destroyed before, it'll be destroyed again. It can be rebuilt. Jesus' word, the good news, is always the last word. The worst is never the last thing. God is always the last thing, and always God wins. The second thing I wanted to point out this morning is that when we are faithful, that is often when we experience God. I think it's so remarkable in this story that God doesn't send his angels to tell the story. He sends his angel to two women, right? And then he tells them to go and tell. Because God values partnership over what is practical. It'd be so much easier for God to send angels. It'd be so much easier for God to do all this work. But for whatever reason, the story of, the script, of Scripture from the beginning all the way until the end is about God asking humans to participate. You have a mission. You have a purpose. You have a job to do. Just like the angels told the women, do not be afraid, but go and tell. It's terrifying. You know, for those disciples, it was going to cost them their life. For us, it may cost a friendship or a job or something. If we do what Jesus calls us to do day in and day out by word and deed, go and tell. Do not be afraid because God wants to partner with you. How wonderful is that? God doesn't want to just do it God's self. God can do that. God doesn't need us. God chooses to partner with us. And the third thing is, is when we experience a resurrection, when we've had a good Friday where we feel like all hope is lost, when we feel like we are broken, there is a resurrection. And when we experience that resurrection, we cannot help but to go and tell the good news. We should be running out of these doors every Sunday, every week to go and tell through word and deed. It's not just what we speak with our mouth, it's what we speak with our feet and our hands and our love for each other and for the world around us. Christianity has been changing the world since Christ because of our love for people who hate us, who don't like us, who don't look like us, because we love our enemies. We love people who don't want to have anything to do with us. So go and tell. I ran across a story. I don't know if it's true. It may be a parable about two men who grew up in a farming town. They were brothers, one a bachelor, the other one married with five kids, and they had a very fertile land. Their granaries were full. And they were just having a good life. They were prosperous. The man who was married woke up in the middle of the night. He started to wake up often with this thought in his mind. He's like, you know, this is not fair. I'm married. I have five children. My brother's a bachelor. Why do we get an equal share? He thought, my brother is not going to have anyone take care of him when he is old. He's not going to have family. He's not going to have children to watch over and watch out for him. And so he began sneaking out at night, filling a sack full of grain and taking it to his brother's granary and filling it up. The other brother, the bachelor, began waking up in the middle of the night about the same time. And he thought, this is not fair. I am a bachelor. My brother is married and has five children. Why do we get an equal share? He deserves more than I do. And so he began getting up in the middle of the night, filling up a bag full of grain and taking and putting in his brother's granary. Till one night, they ran into each other. <laughs> I'm sure they just laughed. But the town folk, the story eventually got out and they thought this was such a holy place where the two brothers met that they should build a temple there. For they could not think of any better place in their town 
This is from Anthony DeMello. The important religious distinction is not between those who worship and those who do not worship, between those who love and those who do not. When we are faithful, when we have experienced resurrection, we go and share that resurrection through word and deed and everything we do to every person we meet until our dying day. So this day, may you know that if you are having a Friday where you feel broken and lost, that there is a resurrection coming. Look around at the people in this room. All these people are on your side. We are here for you. Let us know where you are hurting and suffering. We will come alongside you. Jesus is already there. God is already there. The Holy Spirit is already active in your darkest moments. And then when the angel comes, when Jesus comes and says, do not be afraid, but go and tell, you be obedient. And there, when you put foot to pavement, when you be the hands and feet of Jesus, you will meet Christ along the way because I guarantee you, Christ is already there. And when you experience resurrection, when you give your life to Christ, when you experience that renewal time in and time again, don't keep it to yourself. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. It doesn't matter if people think you're silly for being excited about this resurrection 2,000 years ago. Go and tell because this is what the world needs today, now. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ more now than ever before. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.